Welcome to Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Whether you're a pastor, an elder, or a volunteer in your local church, if you're doing ministry in a local church, Ministry in Motion is here to support and resource you. Today's guest is Dr. Ivan Williams from the North American Division, where he leads pastors, coaches pastors, offers continuing education. And our topic today is mission-focused or meaningless mission. <laughs> Ivan, thanks so much for joining us. Glad to be here again, Anthony. All right, now this title that you've given us, mission-focused or meaningless, meaningless mission. Sure. Unpack that one for me. Wow, you know, many churches don't even have a mission statement. And sometimes they're engaged in things that they're not so sure whether they should even be involved in or not. Um, sometimes we can really sense when a church is sure about something, sure about its mission, and engaged to do that. Um, or possibly they're, they're involved in politics or they may... <laughs> be engaged in some community practices that don't really uh, mean anything to their mission. And I, I believe that kind of thing uh, would be categorized as meaningless mission. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. What, what if we start with the biblical texts? Sure. For some places where we, we can get an idea of the significance of mission. What, what are some texts that come to your mind? Sure, of course, uh, Christ's mission in Isaiah 61, uh, okay. Luke 4. In fact, let's, I'll, let's I'll look that. at some of these. Let's, sure. What if we go to Isaiah 61? Okay. And maybe the first two verses from that chapter. Sure. The okay. Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Then he says in verse 2, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord mm. and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Now these are very significant words because they're not just uh, found in Isaiah. That's correct. All right. Where else do we find them, Ivan? We find them in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Okay. Where Jesus uses this as his preamble or announcement as to his personal mission. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very significant. Very significant. So does it mean, Derek, that a church that has a meaningful, focused mission will be engaged in connecting with the poor? the brokenhearted, helping those who are captives, visiting those who are in prison, um, caring enough to mourn when people mourn. Mm -hmm. If this was Jesus's mission, his focus, and boy was it, yeah. uh, shouldn't it be ours as well? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and here we are today in the 21st century, and uh, no matter where you go, I think there will always be poor people mm. to be able to connect with. And the question is, why, why would Jesus focus on the poor? Uh, why would he say that's what his mission is about? Uh, why would he focus on those who are brokenhearted, uh, those who are captive? Um, 
I think Jesus gives us a mantra today um, that connects us with the community that the church sits in, that the members live in, and that we are engaged in. Mm. Yeah. And you know, if we pull that analogy a little further from Luke 4, mm -hmm. Jesus asked the people, because he said it in his hometown of Nazareth, yes. in the synagogue on the Sabbath, mm -hmm. and he said, surely you will ask me to heal <laughs> and be engaged in these things. And there's just silence. And instead, they get angry and they drive him out of town. Yeah. And what a loss. And in a sense, I guess I'm posing the question now, are we behaving like the people of Nazareth? Wow. If we are not accepting, if we're not doing these ministries. Yes. So, uh, Ivan, can you help me with some examples? Can you... What, what are churches doing today around the field, around the world sure. that are practically and meaningfully mm -hmm. engaging with their communities? Sure. As uh, part of their mission. As part of their mission. Yeah. Um, many churches that are doing very well in making inroads to connect with people are the churches that leave the four walls of a building. Mm -hmm and has a corporate passion to connect with entities, organizations, and people in their communities. You know, I, I pastored a church once, Anthony, where uh, when I got there, I asked a few of the neighbors. I just went in the neighborhood and say, uh, when was the last time someone from the church within walking distance mm -hmm. uh, invited you to a program? And one of the neighbors says, I don't think they've ever come uh, to, to invite me to anything. It's sad, I, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I, I think that churches that really reach outside of themselves to connect with their communities uh, do the best. We have some pastors, particularly here in the North American Division, who are uh, chaplains for police, mm -hmm. uh, they're, they volunteer to be chaplains for the uh, hospitals. Uh, we have uh, church organizations that are engaged in what is called um, rotary ministry, where they teach people how to talk up front, uh, boys and girls clubs. Um, and I know that there are many other ways overseas uh, outside of the NAD where people can connect. And uh, I don't want to jump ahead, Anthony, but I think one of the challenges that we face, just like Jesus was basically run out of town after he yeah. shared yeah. his preamble, we have a real tension with how far does the church go to engage in the life and the, to address the ills of society? Um, because... We we, we are comfortable in terms of providing food <laughs> yes. and clothing, and they are yes. essentials and they they're, are. they're needed, and that's certainly part of our mission. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's all of our mission. Sure. But it's a part of it. Yes. But when we move on from the immediate staples, there, mm -hmm. there can be some tensions that build. That is correct. And it's, it's not just tensions within the community. It's tensions within the community of the church. <laughs> there is 
there are some great tensions within the community of the church. And could it be, Anthony, because we're not comfortable? It leaves us, when you go down to a homeless shelter to preach, to, to engage in dialogue with people who don't have a regular roof over their head at night, mm. um, it stretches you. And I think the huge thing for the church today is to practice being the hands and the feet of Jesus to show compassion. Um, also like the parable of the Good Samaritan uh, in the book of Luke, where Jesus basically was the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, here was this man beat up by thieves. He was left on the road. And, uh, you know, the, the, the priest came by, I believe the Levite, and here the Good Samaritan, he picked him up, bound his wounds, gave him a place to stay, paid for his night in the hotel for, for uh, a night. And, and, and here Jesus is saying, who is your neighbor at the I'd, end of that story? I'd like to talk to you some more, particularly on that theme that you've just raised, the, okay. the, the Good Samaritan and some of the issues that Jesus put into that very significant story. Let's do that right after this break. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our guest today is Dr. Ivan Williams, and our topic is meaningful mission or meaningless mission. Now, <laughs> Ivan, we're... We were just before the break, we were looking at the, the story of Jesus yes. that he told in, in Luke chapter 10, the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. One of the big details of that mission-focused story that Jesus told was that there was a Samaritan man helping a Jewish man. Sure. And there was certainly, in the era in which Jesus was here on earth at that time, there was interracial or intercultural issues. Sure. Now those aren't just reserved for the first century, are they, in, no. in that part of the world? Yes, we still have uh, racial tension. Um, we have racial division. Uh, in some countries you have still the challenges of the caste system. Uh, others may be divided by tribes. Um, and even uh, worldwide, we see an ethnicity focus. I'm from this country, you're from that country. Uh, there's so much that we can look at that divides us. And I love what Jesus did here in uh, the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. He addressed the issue of the day. The lawyer asked in this story, who is my neighbor? Mm. And Jesus addressed who uh, your neighbor was. And at the end of the story, when the man helped, uh, the, the Samaritan helped the Jewish person, he bound his wounds, gave him a place to stay. Uh, Jesus answered the question and says, your neighbor, the one who is the neighbor, is the one who had mercy on him. And shouldn't that be the response of the church today? Uh, no matter what race, what ethnicity, the church should show mercy. The church should be, again, the hands and the feet of Jesus. 
visiting. Some churches visit regularly. Prisons, others go to shelters for the abused. Um, there are many ways in which the church can be the hands and feet of Jesus. But of course, this whole area of racial injustice and racial division is one that Jesus came to really help us to see that in the kingdom of heaven, there will be no such division. Mm. Um, in fact, uh, we're told if we are in Christ, then we are heirs according to the promise. But in Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. In fact, we probably need to read that, Derek, before we close the broadcast. Yeah. 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 You know, I, as you were talking, I couldn't help but think about Daniel 2. Okay. You know, and that great time prophecy that we're so familiar with and the feet of iron and clay. Mm -hmm. You know, some strong, some weak. And, sure. and the divisions that divide. And, and in so many ways, that's, that's a picture of our world today. It's, it's not just North America, but right. it's, it's worldwide. Wherever you go, we, we face these issues. Sure. But yet there is a resistance on the part of mm -hmm. um, some Christians, some Seventh-day Adventist Christians. Uh, their resistance is that this is more a, a political issue rather than a Christian or a church mission issue. Sure. And how would you suggest that a pastor navigates and, and leads a church so that there can be harmony within the community of the church mm -hmm. and still a mission takes place? Yeah, I, I really believe the church uh, should rise above the level of the political. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's wrong to have a politic. I don't think having a politic is either good or evil. It's, it's what you make it. Help me just to understand, what do you mean by a politic? Okay, let's look at Daniel again in the mm -hmm. Bible. Mm -hmm. He served through four, some may say five different administrations. Of course, God had favor on him, but starting with Nebuchadnezzar to Nabonidus, to Belshazzar, to Cyrus, to Darius. He served all of these people. He had to have a, a, a ethic, a politic about himself that will help people to know what he stood for. And of course we know he stood for prayer. He believed in the God of the, who is the creator of all. Um, but Daniel he didn't live his life based on politics. He lived his life based on his faith in the word of God and in God's mandate on his life. And that guided his politic. Uh, and so that's what I mean. I hope that's clear mm, because sure. I think that's why we are afraid when we use the word politics, we automatically think it has to do with a particular party. Mm-hmm. But really, having a politic is, how are you living your life? Who are you going to live for? Mm. Um, not necessarily having a connection with a uh, nation party, as it were. Um, but churches wrestle with this mm. because they feel at times if they connect in the community to help a certain organization, 
Um, they may be aligned with a certain political party or political group. I, I think the church can stay clear of this. I served in the California State Assembly as a chaplain. There were Republicans there. There mm -hmm. were Democrats there. And boy, there were a lot of issues there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but my role as a chaplain was not to engage in their party politics or their party leanings. My role was to be a reminder of the holy, to pray with them when they were hurting individually as legislators, to also help them understand that there is someone higher than you in these halls who guides the affairs of men and women. And so I, I think that we can do that in the church as well, that we can bind those who, who, who help those who are brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. We can definitely help those who are poor. We can give hope to uh, those who are hopeless and just follow the mandate of Jesus. I don't think we could go wrong, and I don't think we have to tiptoe around following the good news of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, in my home country, we have an idiom there. We talk about the, the rough end of the pineapple. <laughs> because unfortunately... It's the first time I'm hearing that, by the way. <laughs> you know, in, in this wonderful book with all of the promises that God's given us... Yes. He hasn't promised justice on this planet. Mm -hmm. And he can't because while you give people freedom of choice, you, yes. you, you can't have justice. Yes. And so the rough end of the pineapple, so many people get the rough end rather than the sweet end. Mm. And we as Christians, we, we do need to ensure that we can do all that we can sure. for, for justice. I think that's what... Isaiah 61, Luke 4 was talking about, but we, we need to have a break, Ivan. We're, we're going too well. And I want to come back to this discussion with you. Sure. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our topic today is mission-focused or meaningless mission. And our guest is Dr. Ivan. Ivan, let's, I'd like to bring you back to that, that point we were discussing. How can we serve differently so that we're bringing order rather than human disorder in, in our ministry? Yeah, as we continue to talk about this whole effort of really being mission-focused and mission-engaged, uh, you know, the church has done a lot of talking uh, I think we need to do a better job of listening. Um, and we've done a lot of telling. I believe also the church should do more touching. Uh, I, I think that's a great start for us today. Just unpack touching for us. We better just <laughs> clarify that. <laughs> I think we better. <laughs> touching the world, meaning to uh, being present, um, being engaged, uh, being a part of, as you said, feeding and clothing and healing. The feet and hands of Jesus. The feet and hands of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Showing compassion is what I see as touching. Yeah. Uh, if we stayed in the church and never left the church, if we came to worship and left, if we came to uh, seminars at the congregation and, and, 
and never got engaged, never invited anyone, never knocked on anyone's door, I, I think that the whole point would be fruitless of, of being a body of Christ. The hands and feet of Jesus is a church that's mobilized and engaged uh, in touching the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, even reflecting on a very significant passage of Revelation 14, the three angels' messages. Sure. You know, one of the, the first angels' messages is to proclaim the eternal or the everlasting gospel. Yes. Which, which is good news of salvation. But it's also to proclaim the judgment message. Yes. And while we, we're not the judges and while we can't bring justice, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that our eyes should be closed to human injustice. Correct. Um, this is another tension in the church. You know, uh, what is it? Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 12, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and uh, keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And he will bring everything into judgment, whether it be private or whether it be public. Mm-hmm. God will bring these things into judgment. So he will deal with the justice question. Mm -hmm. I think the church, um, because we are not heart readers and because we don't know people's motives, need to just show compassion, need to just be present. Um, God is going to turn the whole justice question around. And I believe when he gives several parables in the Bible where he says, the last will be first and the first will be last. I believe this is a part of justice and a part of judgment. Mm. Um, But I believe the church should stand up for righteousness. Um, If someone is murdered unjustly, should the church be silent about that? Mm. I would say, no, we should have a voice to be able to say, no, it's wrong to take another's life unjustly. Um, Should the church have anything to say about laws that will impose the state's force on you? Um, I I believe Christians should have something to say about religious liberty. These are things that we need to have a part of. Of course, you know, and as you were talking there, Ivan, I couldn't help but think that our Saviour was unjustly murdered. Yes. Um, Yes. And in a sense, praise God for that. Yes, yes. Um, But by the same token, you know, we need to ensure that it's Christ's mission, Mm -hmm. not our hobby horse that's driving us. And I loved your point about the politic, not politics. Yes. Ivan, thank you. Thanks for coming on. And we want to thank you for joining us as well. You're welcome to come and visit our website, uh, ministryinmotion.org. We have an array of uh, resources, materials that will bless you in your ministry. And you're welcome to watch all of our programs on Hope Channel or on demand on our website. But until next time, may God bless you.